Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So those of you that don't know, uh, this is my wife, Mary. Where'd you go? (laughs) She's she's gonna be speaking today and I'm gonna stand up here for moral support. And uh, anyway, enjoy the message. I learned everything I know from him, so it's good. Be good. Okay, so Pastor RJ, in the last season when he's had the opportunity to speak with you, he's been going through some great biblical paradoxes. Dying to live, wisdom is better than strength, lost and found, and humility lifts you up. Today, we're going to talk about no pain, no gain. You guys are all excited about that, I'm sure. So, um, but it is we, the paradox of gain through loss. Oh, I'm supposed to talk. Yes, you're supposed to talk. <laughs> you're going to have to be patient with us as we learn the flow of speaking together. So you'll see, sometimes I speak when she's supposed to, and sometimes she takes my time, and I look at her and say, hey, it's my turn. <laughs> James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible, Amplified Classic. It might look a little different on the screen, but... Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. So today we want to talk to you. We want to try to do a contrast of the the natural exercise and discipline that is required to exercise with the spiritual discipline that is required for character growth, thus gain through loss. And, and you're going to find that just like in the natural, you're going to have to go through some pain to gain. In the, in, the, in the character development aspect of your life, sometimes there's some pain in that process. Has anyone ever been there? How many are there right now? How many are like, yes, just turn that knife a little bit while I'm already doing that. Okay. Isaiah 38, 16 says, Lord, your discipline is good, for it leads to life and health. You restore my health and allow me to live. So immediately we have to understand and we have to come into the mindset of knowing that God's discipline and his correction in our life is good. It's the goodness of God activated and working and helping you gain character in your life. So you need to come into that with knowing that this is going to be healthy for me. This is going to increase my ability to endure and finish the race. Um, So we need to understand that when God is doing behavior changes or character changes in our life, at first it begins, and you're going to hear it throughout the message, a choice. It is a willful act, it is intentional, the choice you make to surrender yourself over to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
So you have to do that. And what starts out as a choice begins to change your heart internally. So it becomes part of your lifestyle. That becomes how I do life now. Because if this is how God's changed my character, it becomes part of me. It's within me. It's how I begin to do life. It's not a choice anymore. I made the choice in the beginning, and now it's translated into I live my life this way. This is who I am. God has transformed my heart. And you gain character in that level, in that area of your life. So the first point that we want to make, when you begin your process and your character development and you're doing this with the Lord, that you set yourself up for success. So it's a willful choice that you posture yourself in an attitude of surrender and submission, right, to the Holy Spirit. So your character will gain and your flesh loss is in direct proportion to the pain in your flesh that you're willing to die to yourself. So when you make the necessary adjustments in your life, in the natural, you know, when you're going to the gym, you've decided, okay, I'm going to the gym. I made that New Year's resolution. I got to get fit. I got to get healthy. You got to make some changes. So you go through your cupboards and you get rid of all the junk food. You get rid of the chips, you get rid of the chocolate, you go through the fridge, you throw out the soda, you go in the freezer, you throw out the ice cream, all these things. And then you start to make a new grocery list. So that you're gonna add some vegetables, you're gonna add some fruit, you're gonna add some spinach and you know, those things that just, you know, you don't necessarily like to eat, but you know they're healthy for you. They're gonna help you endure, they're gonna help you be able to prepare. So. You're going to make certain lifestyle adjustments like when you change your route to work. You want to take away the temptation. So you are going on a different route to drive to work to get away from all the billboards and the McDonald's and the drag you in to get that, you know, that egg McMuffin or whatever it is that you like or the Tim Hortons for the donut. Though I don't know where you're going to go in Windsor to get away from Tim Hortons. It's everywhere. So, um, so you want to look at your goal. You want to look at your goal, you want to get fit, you want to get healthy, but you can't get there in one day. So you're going to have to break it down into a series of steps and small choices that you make every day that are going to help you gain encouragement and momentum to keep going. So I want to talk to you in parallel to that and the spiritual side, when God's working your character to produce the spiritual discipline necessary, there's going to be seasons in your life that you go through where God removes some things or asks you specifically to remove some things from your life. So there might be a season where God's working on you in an area, and he might say, I want you to withdraw from media. So that means like no social media, no news, no television. <gasps> he does call us to do that at times because it has to do with the information that we're putting in. What is coming in your eye gate and what is coming in your ear gate? And these things help form our worldview. And sometimes when God's trying to work on your character, there's areas of your life that he wants to address, but there's too many voices going on in your head, which we'll get to a little bit later. There's too many voices, too many sources of information coming in, and you have to learn to fine tune that. Now, while we're working with that on the character, it's even reasonable at times for God to say to you, these relationships are not good for you right now or this hobby that I really like, or my sports, it's not good for you right now. And you say, what do you mean my sports isn't good for me? Sports is my life. Well, it may be your life. However, you need to get your life and your new identity in Christ. 
And if Jesus is your life, it'll look a whole lot different than sports being your life or fashion being your life or something else being your life. So I became a Christian in my early 20s. I was 24, actually here at WCF. And I quickly realized as I began to walk with the Lord that I had to make a conscious choice that if I was really serious about giving my life over to Christ and living for him, that I had to let certain things go. And one of those things being relationships in my life. So some old relationships had to get severed and I had to begin to get a new relationship started and connect with people who felt the same way I did and were going in the same direction that I was going. And we have to learn that Oftentimes, when we're not strong enough yet, when you're first starting out in your walk with the Lord, I often found myself in places and in circumstances and in situations I did not want to be in. And I was forced to choose, and often, because I didn't have that muscle built up yet, that endurance built up yet, that character to be able to walk away from that tempting thing that was right in front of me, I made the wrong choice. So I needed to choose to walk away from that, to be able to make the right choice, to be able to get with people who would help me be accountable to make the right choice. And that who could encourage me along the way, who thought the same way I was thinking and who actually were a little farther along the way than I was and who could help me to make the good choices, who could keep me accountable. So Yeah, that's it. So Mary's been a Christian for five years. You're so funny. <laughs> How old would that make me, honey? 29. <laughs> 29 forever. We want to focus on removing the voices that aren't going to be good for us. So what I'd like everyone to do right now is tell me your name. Let's try that one more time. Everyone tell me their name. Mary. Whoa, did you hear one voice a little bit louder than some of the others? I heard hers. Second most important voice in the room. Amen. Holy Spirit, wife, you know, they, they work together sometimes. Uh, but, but here's what I'm trying to communicate to you. The Holy Spirit's voice should be the loudest voice in your life. If and it's not, there's too many voices. You've got too many distractions in your life. You should hear him first, clearest. And that's the one you should obey first. Too many times, Christians, their flesh is the loudest voice in their life, and they don't listen to the Holy Spirit, and then they end up doing a whole lot of extra laps because they're doing, what do we call that? Going around the, going around and around and around, and you're going nowhere quick. Oh, Posture your mental attitude towards heaven. I was supposed to say that. That's right. That's one of the points we wanted to bring in there. That means that you have to set your mind towards the things of heaven. I know we're on the earth and we have to live and interact with people of the earth, but you need to be focused on the spiritual. You need to be focused on the eternal. You need to be focused on heaven first. And that helps us to walk the straight, steady course that God has called us to live. So, okay, Pastor RJ and I have been going through an interesting season in our lives, you know, so we're both actually quite active people, 
We don't live sedentary lives, and you know, we try to have four young girls, and we try to keep up with our kids, and you know, we do lots of things with them and everything, but we're both, you know, somewhere past 40. Some of us and, are further past 40 than others. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But I look better than him. I'm older than him, but I look better. Amen. So, we turned 40 and we, somebody flicked the switch. Something happened. So, you know, you don't burn calories the same way you used to. Athens, you gotta, you know, you're doing the same things, you're eating the same things, and we eat fairly clean. Like, I do lots of cooking. We eat fairly clean and fresh. And, um, but a lot of those things didn't work anymore. We had to, we came to a place where we had to step it up. We had to, like, actually make a decision, make a choice. Like, we got to hit the gym. We got to go get some exercise. So I started first because I was like, you know, I have a gym membership. So I started going to the gym first and making an active decision. I, I got to get myself to the gym. But he wasn't so quick to come alongside me. So I helped him for his birthday. I got him this wonderful gym bag. It was really cool. And I filled the gym bag with some awesome running shoes and some really cool workout clothes and a gym membership. And I gave it to him Wink, and I said, hi, we can nudge, do this together. Nudge. Go to the gym together, get healthy together, you know, because we have to keep up with our kids. Yeah. See... <laughs> When we go back in time a little bit, and my wife was um, carrying our four lovely daughters, okay, I did a really nice thing, and I developed a courtesy belly. He's so supportive. And then she lost her belly when she had the babies, and mine didn't go away. <laughs> so, Pastor Donnie, you guys will like this one. So, men, I'll tell you a secret. If you can come up with an idea... Got to get really creative. And sell it to your wife and make her think it's her idea. Yeah, yeah. You're a genius. <laughs> so even though she had this membership that was being paid for every two weeks out of the bank account, for a little while there, it remained dormant. <laughs> so we did, see, if, if I bought her a gym bag and some gym shoes and some workout clothes, well, you know, it'd be a funeral, right? <laughs> So, so what? Especially since my belly came from carrying kids. His <laughs> so belly what we did, did not come from carrying any children. What I did is we were walking in an outlet mall and my brain was working and I said, okay, Lululemon has a sale on all of their workout clothes. Mary, I heard that they have a sale on their workout clothes. Why don't we go in and see if they have any nice workout clothes that you would like to wear when you go to the gym? He's a smart man. Sure, let's go into Lululemon and check out the workout clothes. So, at, you know, our mid-40s, we both together made our first Lululemon purchases. To which our daughter Isabel says, Mom, can I have Lululemon? And I said, yeah, when you get to your mid-40s, you can have one too. Because that's when you get to have it. You're so, going for success. Yes, so now I'm all excited. I've got my Lululemon clothes. I'm ready to go to the gym. I'm dressed to go to the gym with running shoes and I've got the appropriate clothing to wear to go to the gym. I'm not going to the gym in high heels and a dress. 
I'm not going, RJ's not going in a suit and a tie. We're going in the right clothes, dressed, ready to go work out, to go build some muscle, to go gain some endurance. In the same way, parallel that into the spirit, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. So we need to dress to go into battle into the spirit. So we got to put on the helmet of salvation, the blessed prayer of righteousness, the belt of truth, and our shoes of peace. And we got to be ready with the sword of the spirit. So it is, we need to know already in the spirit that that's where our battle is. It's not against flesh and blood. It is in the principalities and heavenly places that we do battle. And so we have to, as an active choice, it's daily active sanctification. It's, it, it's ongoing in our life. It's not like you, you know, go to the gym for a season and you're done and you got some results and you're going to keep them the rest of your life. That's not how it works. You have to continue. It's an active choice. It's perpetual. It's ongoing in your life to make the choice to go to the gym. So you make the choice in the spirit to do the same thing. It's an active choice to set yourself, posture yourself in a place where you're allowing the Holy Spirit to do the active work of sanctification in your life. And I'll say this as a point. The process is painful and usually takes much longer than we planned. (laughs) But the same is true for your character. When God's working on your character, the process is painful at times. And what happens is we're losing our self-will. We're losing our pride. We're losing our selfish ambition. We're losing our desires that don't align themselves with God's plan for our life. And what are we gaining? The character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit. We're developing those things inside of our life. When I first went back to the gym, not so long ago, (laughs) I remember I was smart the first day, and I said, look, I'm not going to go too hard. I'm just going to go on the treadmill for 15 minutes, and I'm not going to do much more than a brisk walk. And, you know, I started at 15 minutes, and I worked my way up to 30 minutes, and I can run six miles an hour sometimes, and I'm feeling a little bit good about myself. So then, uh, you know, two months into this, I'm like, oh, I can go play soccer with my girls now. I'm going to the gym, and I'm running. Those of you that saw me that Sunday after I played soccer with my girls on Saturday when I was walking like this, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) The process was painful. But it's beneficial because I'm working those muscles again and getting things going back. But that, that process is good for us in the natural. It's good for us in our character. When God's trying to work the anger out of you, how many of you just enjoy that so much? And how many of you pray for patience on a daily basis? Because just on the short drive to work, you will find that 26 people pull in front of you and stop because they want to make a right turn. (laughs) I never understood that concept. (laughs) So what happens is when God's forming the character of Christ inside of you, there's some pain that it produces in your life. There's some heat that gets turned up, but that discipline is very good for us, and you're going to talk about the places of pain. Go ahead. So we have to remember, as I said before, that it is good the discipline of the Lord, the correction of the Lord. And sometimes it is painful. So when we have to go back at times to those places of pain, to those places of suffering, the Holy Spirit needs to take us back there. 
But when the Holy Spirit is taking you back there, it's extremely important to remember and to remind yourself that this is good because he's the one taking you there. He's the one leading you there. He's the one that's guiding you there and he's going to do that work. And there in that place, you're experiencing the goodness of God. You're experiencing the faithfulness of God. You're experiencing the mercy of God because he's not bound by space or time or anything. He can go back there with you and he can bring healing to those places. And when you feel like, it's really important to remember, remind yourself of this. When you feel like your world is falling apart, when your outward circumstances are looking like it's not getting any better, it's getting worse, that... God is the one who's actually working in your situation, in your circumstance. He's putting everything back together. He's the one that's putting it back together piece by piece because it was not in the right spot before. So he is coming into your life and he's going to put it back where it belongs. Now, when we talk about this, we need to remember that when God's doing this, he's not going to lead you through meadows and through quiet streams, and it's going to be wonderful. You're going into boot camp, baby, like you are getting ready for battle, okay? So you're going to be crawling down, getting deep and dirty in the mud. You're going to be getting um, sweaty. It's not going to look pretty. And everybody's journey looks different because we've all been through different things. And even if there are times, too, like when you grow up in your own family, Everybody can have some of the same memories, the same experiences, but you all process them differently. You've all learned things differently. You've all responded to things differently. So you have to know and you have to trust your trainer. So if God is leading you into the fire to purify you in doing a work of purification in your life, you have to know that if he puts you in the fire, he's going with you. He put you there, he's going to go there with you. So he's doing that work of sanctification, that purification in your life. He's taking you there. He's going to be by your side. He's going to be the one that does that. It's just like us. When we trust the Holy Spirit, the limitations that we place on ourselves get lifted, and we can go far beyond anything that we even imagined that we could do. And the Holy Spirit's right there encouraging us and prodding us and leading us and giving us all of the grace that we need so that we can overcome anything that we face. And sometimes when you're in the process, you're thinking, oh, if I could only make it to the 50, if I could only beat this addiction, if I could only just get over this anger, if I could only... You fill in the blank. But the Holy Spirit not only wants to take you out of the place you're at, he wants to take you far beyond any place that you imagined that you could go. And then very interesting at the end, I don't know if you noticed, but the coach spoke very specifically into his identity. And there's a, there's a place that every human needs to come to where they come face to face with their creator and they let him speak identity into your life. Who are you and why has he placed you here? You know, I've been listening to a lot of Dr. Carolyn Leaf lately, and she talks about this with the gift within, and she says that oftentimes people get a label as a child, and they live their whole life with the limitation of the label. 
And now all the research that they're doing shows that not everybody's brain processes information the same way. And that's healthy and that's good, but everyone has a gift. Everyone has an ability. And just because they tried to judge you on this scale or according to this system doesn't mean that you're not good enough or you're not able. It just means that their scale can't measure how God created you to think. But we put labels on ourselves, and we put self-imposed limitations and they never accomplish those things that God has placed in our heart to do. But the Holy Spirit wants to carry you so much further than that. So it's important to recognize that when the coach came, the Holy Spirit came and he was talking to Brock and validated who he was and said, this is who you are. He was not operating in that at that time. He had been trained and he had been equipped and he'd been going to practice and everything else, but he had not been operating in the place that he was called to. So the coach spoke to him at a very key place, at a very pivotal moment in his life and said, this is who you are. I need you to take your place. And when he did, if you watch that movie, he took his place. Everyone around him on his team began to take their place. When you step into the position that God has called for you to step into, you stepping into your position helps you help somebody else also step into theirs. And so when everybody is doing that, you draw out of them also with God using you as a vessel out of them what God's put in them. The coach was the one who started first. He made the choice to start doing things with his team differently. He set himself in a position to be able to speak to that member of his team and say, this is who you are. I'm draw I want this to come out of you. And I need you to operate in this. And when you begin to do that, you begin to be placed in a position where you are also pulling out of others around you the goodness, the the abilities and the skills that are in them to help them accomplish what God's called them to do. Um, we we'll want to talk about too, when the Holy Spirit comes in, there's a song that we sing quite often here in church and it's by Bethel and it's called, You Make Me Brave. And in that song, there's a, there's a verse there and it says, so I will let you draw me out beyond the shore into your grace. And that means that when God is the Holy Spirit's drawing you out beyond the shore, there is no place for you to touch the ground. You're in the deep. You don't have a sure footing. You need to lean on the Holy Spirit. You need to lean on his grace and his enablement and trust what he can do inside of you. The waves are there and they are going to create the resistance. They're, in the natural, you work out, you go to the gym and you're lifting weights. There's places and times where you're going to be adding weight, resistance to create the muscle. Resistance to create the endurance to be able to go longer and to finish till the end. And that's going to be the same in your life. If you think that the devil is, and the enemy is going to let you just coast along and do what you want to do and go with God and not experience resistance and an obstacle and him testing where you are to see if you really mean business, you're fooled. Because he is going to come and he is going to test you and he is going to ask, see if you really mean business and if you're really going to let the Holy Spirit undergird you. So those waves, that resistance can also serve as what lifts you up in God. 
that grace that he gives you, that his enablement and his strength to be able to go forward and do that what he's called you to do. This is the part I'm going to combine the two parts into one. I just thought I better tell her that because halfway through she's going to be like, you're taking my part. <laughs> you and I need to come to the place where we are comfortable being in discomfort. You need to get comfortable in the discomfort because as long as you're in the process, it's not going to be comfortable, is it? When you're in the process, usually you're very uncomfortable. So you need to learn to get to the place where you understand that I can just be comfortable even though I'm uncomfortable. Because what's happening is God is going to constantly stretch you. But this increases our reach. This increases our endurance, as we talked about in the verse at the very beginning. And that endurance, it gives us the ability to stay long term in the faith so that we can continue that steady course that God has set before us. And this leads very closely into sculpting muscle. Muscle is denser than the other stuff. Fat. <laughs> Excess flesh. Yes, that. So it's not about losing Courtesy weight. Belly. It's about transforming the distribution of it. See, my big, my big excuse was always, I'm fighting gravity. See, as I got older, everything shifted from up here. <laughs> and, 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 and what happens is this, though, we have to understand, in the natural, we want to develop the muscle. But in the spiritual, in the, the character of Christ, that's the discipline. But you're only going to do that if you have anchor points. And the anchor points that we have in our life we, we, we have an anchor point on the cross of Jesus Christ. We have an anchor point to the truth from the word of God. We, we establish anchors. So then when you go out on deep waters, see, if you're just in the water, it's going to take you wherever it wants to go, wherever the waves of life take you. But when you drop an anchor down, then you can only go in a little circle. But if you drop multiple anchors, you're not going to move anywhere. And then you're steady and you're consistent. And what the anchor points do when you learn to anchor your life to the cross, when you learn to anchor your life to the Word of God, when you learn to anchor your life to the truth that he's talking about here, what happens is it stabilizes us in our character. And then we become more refined. And then it allows God to take us to the places that we want to go because he knows that our character can keep us to the place where he can release his glory inside of our life. Connected to that, there's this process that we're all in and we call it sanctification. And really it's God's goodness at action, in action inside of our lives and it's, it's being reproduced so that inside of us when that work of sanctification is taking place, it overflows and others get blessed through it. So we, 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 we hear it say, you can go through life or you can grow through life. Which one do you want to do? If you go through life, it's like you're sitting in the river going wherever the current takes you. And a few years ago, or a few years, two years ago, two summers ago, our family went whitewater rafting. And, and you know, we had a guide with us, the six of us and a guide. And, and there was some parts of the journey that the current could just carry us down the river and it was a nice steady pace. And we just said, ooh, ah, look at the pretty flowers. Well, my girl said, ooh, I'll look at the pretty flowers. I was checking out the fish. <laughs> but there was other parts of that river where there was rapids. And the guide said, paddle right, and we paddled right. And then he said, paddle left, and we paddled left. Why? Because if we didn't do what he said, we'd end up on the rocks. Yeah. 
or stranded on the bank, and neither one was a good alternative. But in life, the Holy Spirit's the guide, and He's the one that when we learn to grow through Him, He'll tell us, you need to work on this right now so you don't end up on the rocks, because so many people end up on the rocks, and they stay there. Hope I'm never going to get past this anger problem, so I'm just going to stay here. Look how pitiful I am and angry. But see, if you let the Holy Spirit steer you, he'll steer you through the rapids of life. And what happens is when we learn to do that, there's progress. And we want to learn, you know, when you're working out, they encourage you, you know, take pictures of where you started and you keep going so you can see the progress that you've made to where you were to where you are now. Well, in the spirit, in, when you want to, you're encouraging yourself, it's good to track your progress, to see where you were now to where you are. So I heard it said that there's, uh, I read once this quote, it says, faith is believing in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Okay? So you have to go back to remember that experience that you had with God, that he was faithful, that he came through, that the circumstance that you endured, he brought you through it. So you go back, you set up a memorial before the Lord. So when you are in the present now, going through that circumstance or going through that situation, you remember, God brought me through this and this, and this, and this. He's gonna do it again. That's the encouragement that you need by remembering back in reverse, you bring it to the present and you say, he did it, he's gonna do it again. And that gives you the ability, the strength to endure and to wait on the Lord until he can do that. Which brings us to Hebrews 10, 35 to 36. And it says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and then you will receive all that God has promised. So in the natural, when you're training and you're going to the gym, you begin to build muscle memory. So when you're doing things in athletes and they train, they do something repetition over and over and over and over again and the muscle just responds. It's nothing they have to think about. It's nothing they have to do. It just happens. It automatically, it's a reaction. So in the spirit, that's the same thing that you're doing. You're building spiritual endurance, spiritual memory, muscle memory. So when something happens and the storms of life hit or circumstances hit, how do you react? What is in you already is going to come out. So you need to learn to build that endurance, that spiritual memory that takes you back right away to how you're going to respond. So we need to make sure that we remember that God is faithful and that he's going to take us through and get us to the other side. Okay, so say this with me. We need meditation and repetition. Meditation, repetition. Meditation, repetition. Meditation. Bet you're glad I didn't go to repetition, hey? We need both meditation and repetition. You meditate on the word of God. You think about it. You read it. You say, how does this apply to my life, to my situation? God, what are you trying to tell me when I'm reading your word today? And 
we meditate, we think about, we apply his word to our life. And as we're meditating on the word and meditating on the word, faith increases because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. And the repetition, you tell yourself again and again and again and again and again. If I say five times eight, it's, oh, that was weak. How about this one? Two times two? There we go. But see, see, you know that high. I mean, how many of you sat there and went, eight times five, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. No, you memorized your multiplication tables, didn't you? But you did that only by repetition. The Word of God, when you do the repetition, it gets into your heart and you develop the muscle memory for your character so that when temptation comes, you've already got the Word of God there and you know how to respond. Got to train your brain. I'm reading it. Okay. We're going to read. <laughs> it's okay. I'll read it. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. And I'm going to read it in the classic Amplified. And I think we only have the other version on the screen. So I'm just going to read it to you. The Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my personal bravery, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence, not stand still in terror on my high places of challenge, suffering, and responsibility. WCF, it's very important that we realize that it is a personal decision that we make to surrender ourselves over to the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a personal choice. And out of that personal choice, it flows into us in unity as a congregation. A choice as a congregation that we make to grow up in the things of God, to get muscle in the things of God. And I'm telling you honestly right now, this was not easy for me to stand up here today. This was a very painful stretching process. That very, the Holy Spirit very, brought me very through. Very painful stretching process. Yes, it was. But listen, listen. This is very key. If you take nothing away from this, take this with you, please. That you, every, each and every one of you are going to come to a place, a moment with the Holy Spirit. And he says to you, I've brought you here. I've given you the training. I've prepared you. I've made a way. Now... Just like Coach Taylor said to Brock, I'm asking you to take your place. And I said to God, obviously, yes, I would. But that was very painful. It was stretching. God was doing lots of things in my life. And if I would have said no, I would be living in the disobedience and the consequence of that. So I either live with anointed discomfort, if you want to call it, anointed pain, and go with God and grow with God and step into the place that he called me to step into. I'm taking my place. Everybody has their own place. Or I could have said no, and I would live in the disobedience of that moment and the consequences that go along with that, and God's not in that, but he's in this over here. So we need to remember 
that whatever the place is that God has called you to step into, I encourage you right now as we take communion. This is a personal thing right now that you take an inventory of your own heart and you ask the Holy Spirit, where do I need to grow up? Where am I weak, Lord, that you are the one who makes me strong? That scripture in Habakkuk, that has been my, my home for the last year. I have got that scripture so deep inside my heart that he is my personal bravery. He's my courage. He's my strength. He's my strong place. He makes me to walk like hinds feet. I will not stand still in terror. I will make spiritual progress. I will walk. I don't have to run. I walk step by step with the Lord. And I will gain in spiritual maturity as long as I commit to stay in the process. So as a body today, can we commit at Windsor Christian Fellowship that we are going to stay in the process and through the work of the Holy Spirit that we ask him today in each and every one of our hearts to show us where we need to get some muscle, where we need to trim the excess, and where we need to go in him to be able to endure and go longer and finish the race. Heavenly Father, I thank you that individually we surrender, we posture ourselves in a place of surrender to you. And we ask you, please, to come inside of our heart and to show us the places that you need to work on in our lives, where we need to gain muscle. And I thank you that as we are faithful to do that individually, that in Jesus' name, prophetically, the destiny, and corporately as a body in Windsor, in Jesus Christ, that WCF and the people that make the church would step into their place. And that we are ready for what you're doing in the church today. That you're growing us up so we can handle, so we can endure long. And that we can run the race with you in Jesus' name.